I just realized I'm the kind of person who draws little things all over everything. It's me, Cindy. I was just addressing an envelope. I'm sending Lisa's necklace back to her because she left it at my house about three years ago. And since I'm a girl who gets it done, eventually, I'm mailing it back. I won't get picky about it taking a couple of years or that I've seen her a couple of times since she left it at my house. No, I'm just going to give myself credit that I am getting it done. While I like instant gratification as much as anybody, having grown up pre-internet where sometimes you just had to wait to watch a movie or hear back from somebody or get to a store before you could buy something, I can take my time, savor the time it takes to get something done, and then, like now, pretend that's the better way to do it. Had I gotten the necklace back to her as soon as she saw I'd left it behind, I wouldn't be having this moment now of basking in the pride of getting it done. Finally. Back to drawing little things. So, up in the address corner, I drew a tiny house above where I put my return address. It's like a very miniature version of a tiny cottage, very basic, rudimentary, or as I think of it, stick figurey. And I realize that I almost always do that. A tiny house over my address, unless I'm sending a bill. I like them, those little houses. You know, when I have to sign my name, like on a card or just signing something, I draw a little stick figure. Or skip the name completely and just go with my most stick figure likeness. So, yeah, it occurred to me a little while ago, like five minutes ago, or like right before I started telling you about it, that I, for a long time now, add these little things, stick figures and stick houses, the occasional little heart that I'll add if there's a, a red pen or a red flare handy. And it struck me funny. You know, I think eye-bombing, sticking googly eyes on anything is funny, like, honestly, for me, laugh out loud funny. So these tiny little works of art, they charm and amuse me. So anyway, back to Lisa. I saw her last month up in Vermont. Could have brought the necklace. Never thought of it, whatever. But this time I saw not just Lisa, but Leanna and Liz, too. Three women who've known me for decades. You know, Lisa and I were at Leanna's wedding in July, sharing that glorious and heartfelt couple of days. And I was up in Vermont with Lisa this fall, catching up, running around, having fun. But this time it was a reunion the likes of which has not been seen in way too long. All four of us, Lisa and Leanna, who've been best friends since they were teens, Lisa's sister Liz, who I first bonded with in a college acting class and is how I met Lisa and then Leanna. Anyway, these three women... They've known me for a long time, been with me through some critical, pivotal, and difficult times, seen my shortcomings, some of my mistakes, and, you know, love me anyway. Women friends are perhaps the most valuable thing we can have in our life. Yeah, jewelry's great, and we all pretty much love at least some clothing. Some love shoes that somehow has never been a big passion of mine, but the women I love, oh, more important, more cherished, more, well, you know, anyway. So we spend a few days huddled in this beautiful spot looking out over a frozen lake. And mostly we're talking and laughing and talking and eating and laughing. And of course, it got me thinking like about how we each have our own preferences and our own habits at this point and our best ideas about how we want to be doing things right now. And if we adopted each of everyone else's current best choices, or at least if I did, I'd probably be way healthier. They walk, hike, some of us walk on ice. Some of us stand on shore and take the photos. 
Leanna. Leanna has a kosher diet. Liz skips sugar. Lisa spends hours shopping and then cooking an exotic chickpea stew, which I consider an elaborate effort. But you know, my frame of reference is everything over five ingredients is to me elaborate and too elaborate at that. Then I come home and I feel motivated to aim higher or maybe just reduce my sugar intake. Motivated in theory, like, you know, there's a slice of caramel cake in the fridge and I'm not going to let it go to waste. We've all raised our children. We've shared reports and stories. And at one point, we're standing together with our tiny portable computers, taking turns showing videos of each of them singing, playing guitar, making music and being happy. We took a lot of side trips down memory lane. Inevitable when you have such a long stretch of shared history. Sometimes you still can't believe that she or they or you did whatever it is you're revisiting. I found it very interesting that while we did each sum up our relationship status and how we felt about it, we didn't spend too much time talking about the men that were or are in our lives. If only because, well, I'm not sure why. Maybe because at this point, or because we don't get enough time together, we're all more interested in hearing how we are, not in relation to men or even to our kids, but us. You know, what's making us curious, interested, what are we worrying about? What's pushing us to create? What are we creating? What do we want to create? Where are we finding sources of happiness? What's in our focus now that our kids are mostly grown? And what's for dinner is no longer the question that we have to ask, care about, or consider every single night. There is a lot to be said for grazing in the kitchen. There wasn't much concern for dressing up, or any concern, or going much beyond dressed at all, <laughs> with comfortable tops and jeans or big girl pants, slippers, fuzzy socks, and we weren't slipping on boots to head out into the snow or walk on the frozen lake, except for Leanna, or out to see a nephew and his jazz band play. Even then, as throughout the rest of our time together, not even a hint of bothering with makeup. Although, truth be told, I think the no makeup thing is pretty much standard for all of us which is another mark of where we are. Pretty comfortable in how we look and not feeling compelled to gild the lily or feel the need to camouflage or create a face beyond what we have now. There's a lot to be said for being content with how you look. A lot to be said. If I had to say what we did the most of, it would have to be, you know, laughing, telling stories from our lives, finding the humor in the boring or mundane or the mistakes or the misunderstanding and even a couple of episodes of flat-out hysterical laughing, which feels like about the most fun you could ever have. Plus, it's so good for you emotionally and physically. You know, I'm a big fan of laughing, and I'm a big fan of gratitude. I recognize plugging into appreciating experiences, adventures, friends can trigger a big, happy, wonderful wave of it. It's the basis of a new idea making the rounds lately on blogs. It's about making, you ready, a reverse bucket list. Rather than a list of what you want to do, it's a list of what you've done. I think calling it a reverse bucket list is new, but the idea of writing down what you've done, what you've accomplished, what's made you happy, what you're grateful for, that's not new. It's essentially a gratitude list, but maybe if it's renamed, it'll get some traction on social media and become a new thing. Okay, fine. Heck, it's what I do every January 1st, but only in regard to the past year. Even a time-limited list like that has value. It reminds you, me, of days spent, work done, fun that might have already slipped into some netherworld of memory. Accounting for the time that's gone by is good. Noting some of it was time well spent is even better. But this new idea, I don't know if there's any time frame. I mean, maybe at whatever point somebody turns it into a book or a magazine article, it'll have more restrictions or wider parameters. But in any case, from what I've read so far, it's pretty straightforward. Rather than writing down all the things you hope to one day achieve, 
You instead write down a list of all the things you've already accomplished, things that make you feel proud or pleased or happy or wrapped in a moment of nostalgia, you know, where the light's all soft and warm. What's the value of looking back? Well, certainly not regret. You keep that off your list. I'm 100% against regret. Here's why. It's like torturing yourself, sticking little pins in your psyche, because bemoaning that you could or should have done differently is pointless. You can't go back. You can't undo. Of course, if you've hurt someone and you regret that now, track them down if you have to and apologize. You can't undo it, but you can try to reduce your guilt or shame by letting them know that if you had it to do all over again, you wouldn't. But aside from that, from saying you're sorry, you can't make it so it never happened and you can only hope you learned something and that you moved on and maybe became a better person. Life is full of imperfection. Maybe we need to be grateful that we've survived or learned from some of the regrettable things in our pasts. But if you just start the list of what good has been in your life, moments of happiness, surprises that made your day, places you've enjoyed, pets you've loved, events that have touched you, and the people who have entered your life and are still part of it. If you're really lucky, you'll occasionally get to spend time, even a few days at a time, with women who know who you were then and who you are now, and in spite of the changes you've all gone through and whatever differences there are between then and now, you all still connect understand, and love each other. That would be at the top of my reverse bucket list, my list of what I have that makes me grateful, that I have people I love who love me. Plus, I am super skilled at stick figure art, and if you argue skilled, you have to at least admit I am very prolific at my stick figure art. What are you grateful for? Spend a couple of minutes thinking about it, just for yourself, because, you know, it's a nice thing to do. And if you want to share it, you can weigh in on the Anchor app, and if you like, you can subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast because, you know, it's just me hoping we all have the best, happiest life we can.